podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Good evening and welcome to the Day Trippers. Uh, this evening I am joined by Neil Gray, Andy Young and the Chief Sports Writer of SportsJoe.ie, Dion Fanning. Um, we'll have a quick run through uh, some of Dion's thoughts on where the club is at at the moment and uh, some of the little stories that he has for us. Uh, we'll talk about the whole game at the weekend as well as the Swansea game coming up and Trippers chats as always. It's the Day Trippers. So welcome aboard, Dion. Thanks for coming along. No worries. Hey, lads. How's it going? Um, so, yeah, listen, we, we'll get straight into it. Um, and I suppose I have a few questions for yourself, um, Dion, before um, we maybe get into the review of the whole game. Um, I suppose one of the things, obviously, you're, you're a Liverpool fan and um, you've written a lot about them as well as other footballing and, and sporting um, occasions. But... So, Dion, yeah, I, I suppose one of the things I'd like to ask you is um, what do you see as the, the major differentials between this um, Liverpool team that we're seeing in the first six, seven games of this season compared to what we saw from Jurgen Klopp's team last season? I know, obviously, we've, we've had a pre-season under him, but what, others, you know, what other factors do you think are, are playing a key part in it? Um, well, I, I think one of the big things is that he's got his... Uh, a few players that he wanted in, which uh, wasn't something he was able to do last season. I know, like it has been written about that when he got the job, he thought he could make a real difference with the with the uh, squad that was there. But you know, there wasn't there wasn't that consistency. There, there wasn't uh, you know, it wasn't long before Klopp seemed to be slightly taken aback by the demands of English football, uh, the way he wants the teams to play. I don't think it was possible with the amount of games Liverpool had last season, the squad he had, and the fitness of the squad he had, uh, or you know, they, like or more precisely, I suppose, the fitness levels he likes his squad to have. And now you've seen that with the pre-season that Liverpool have had, you know, the, the triple training sessions and, and all this stuff, um, and the and the energy levels that they're 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 bringing to the game, their games this season. So I think there's, there's a few factors there. I would also say, like I think, it's very, it's very, very early, and 
you know, the, the, the opening stage of the season is so frustrating because there's another bloody international break next week. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, uh, and you know, then Liverpool, I don't like, Liverpool's, like, everybody hates international breaks. I think if, if you're, like, from, what is it, from Saturday, Liverpool on Saturday next week, and then it's, it's they don't play again for, uh, you know, uh, till the, the Monday night after yeah. the international break. Yeah, we, United, we've, so. we've the early game this Saturday against Swansea, and then, as you say, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the Monday night. Yeah, so so it is, it's a large gap. So, like, that's the kind of frustrating thing, and you want, there's another break in November, I think. Uh, which, so, like, you know, you find that it's, it's, it is very early, and like all the signs are encouraging. And I think we might talk about it later. But like I thought that, you know, after the Chelsea game, like everybody said, uh, okay, you know, this is Liverpool. You know, have done this under Klopp before. Now watch them struggle against Hull, and uh, and that didn't happen. Um, now I also thought I thought they were brilliant against Chelsea, even in the way they they, they after when they were under a bit of pressure. And Chelsea are, are pretty useless, I think. But uh, the way the um, the way they took the sting out of the kind of brief Chelsea revival in the second half, I thought was brilliant, and it was a different side of a Klopp side. Like it wasn't just uh, high energy football. There was there was a bit of thought and a bit of pressure, and it kind of showed um, that there are other ways. I still think there's like I still would like them to do a bit more work on the defence, and I was sort of baffled by that last year. That they were still making the same mistakes, but he also showed there were other ways of defending and the way they kind of kept the ball for periods to take this thing out of Chelsea last week. I thought was was really encouraging. So there are lots of differences, but I think uh, it's important to say it's early yet. But equally, I don't think anybody is frightened by um, the teams that are out there in the Premier League this year, with exception the exception of, of Manchester City. Um, and like the big difference between City this year and last year is, is is Guardiola, who's exceptional. But there's nothing else to be frightened of out there. So uh, like even though it's only early, I think you, there are kind of plenty of reasons to be confident. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think what you what you the point you made there about the Chelsea game, it was an element of tactical noose that maybe we haven't seen in as many games last season. You know, as you said, it was a, it was a case where by second half, after they had their little mini revival, we said, okay, well let's let's just keep hold of the ball, let's make them work, yeah. and and let's let's change the approach. It wasn't just hell for leather. Let's get a third goal and try and kill this off. There was a more professional or or thought out approach to to how we were going to um, how we were going to affect the game. Um, okay, no, that that's that's a that's a fair point on on the differences you've you've seen there. Um, I think Tony Barrett it was that um, did an article recently, and, and this is something I suppose that um, for me was evident in the Chelsea game, and, and I'm just going to go back to Daniel Sturridge. I thought he was excellent in that game, and and he has been in the last couple of games. I think the, the only thing he's been missing is a goal because his general all-round play and just his approach to the game has changed. And I think Tony did an article on... Um, Tough love and and maybe the way that uh, Jurgen has dealt with him and and maybe is finally bearing fruit from from that. You know what were what were your thoughts on that or how uh, did you did you feel feel it was something you found yourself agreeing with or? Oh yeah, no, I thought it was a great uh, um, a great piece uh, um, as all Tony's pieces have been on on, on Joe.co.uk. Um, but I thought I, I thought there was a very interesting thing and it is a key thing. In as well, and how uh, Sturridge has got to get used to now, which is a perfect position, being part of a squad, and 
how when he was out injured before, you know, there was all this sort of stuff, if only we can keep him fit and if we can get Surridge on the pitch, everything will be okay. Whereas, like, Klopp sort of changed the emphasis that he doesn't play until he's fit. Uh, and if he's and, and we'll use him, I'll use him how I need to use him. And, like, he's an incredibly talented player, but I think that's a much better way of dealing with a player who has, <clears throat> you know, has had to deal with the whole... Uh, psychological aspect of of having a number of having losing a lot of games through injury and like yeah. everybody who's been injured any footballer who's been injured will tell you the psychological aspect of it yeah it's not it's not the questions it's not the questions there are so, maybe some people who don't have that but like even like Roy Keane or somebody has written about you know the how tough it was in long term injuries like i think surge is a different problem but it's a, it's a, there is that element too, and I think in a way for Klopp to come in and say, you know, you're not the most important person at the club. We will get, but we will survive without you. Uh, has been great, and, and as you say, like it, it's a, it's a way of getting the best out of him. And there is so much variety um, in the Liverpool attack now, and it's, it's uh, like that is the most encouraging thing I think at this season too. That like. You know, if you go, go back a bit, touching what we were just talking about, like that is one of these things with the players who have come in and just with the whole approach this season that there is so much happening. You don't know who's going to, you don't know uh, who's going to start. You don't know which 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 selection of players he's going to go for. Like it was interesting listening to Kurt. We're reading Curtis Davis uh, today That's talking right, about yeah. how. Liverpool are just moving all over the place. You know, you've got the two centre backs and Jordan Henderson, and uh, and then everybody else. You know, there's just there's so much happening. And a, sw- I think, a swarm of bees after that, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And like, I think you know, people will say uh, that's different. you know you can't do that against the big teams, which is fine. There aren't very many very there aren't very many powerful teams in in the Premier League at the moment. No, like there aren't many teams that you think right. You have to be very uh, like Liverpool have already beaten Arsenal, they've beaten Chelsea, um, so like there is like that approach, and like you know the, the big problem for Liverpool has always been actually you know whole those kind of teams at home, like the like dropping points in that way has always been a, has always been a problem for Liverpool. So if you can get rid of that by having this this incredibly energetic. Uh, versatile attack with people coming from angle you didn't expect then it's it's going to be a good thing and I think Sturridge fits into that brilliantly and he'll have to fit into it and it's 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 part of the kind of ethos that Klopp is sort of promoting as well yeah, no, absolutely, and and uh, I was reading that about Davis, and he was saying normally you'd you'd want to go and put your mark on a on a centre forward, you know, as a centre half you go in, clatter him, put your mark on him, and that's it. And he said, in one second, Coutinho was in that space, and then Lalan is in there, and then Mane's in there, and you're just dragged from pillar to post. You don't know what's coming, so it, it yeah. made it impossible for him and the defence to actually be imposing. Um, which well, is even which like is the way that felt, felt like like Milner like it was. Like Milner was like a, a winger, like the yeah. way he, the positions he was getting into the box as as a fullback was, were kind of and, and and Klein as well. Like it was ex, kind of an exceptional exceptional level of, of movement. So it's um, no, it was one of like the best. It is, it is important. No, absolutely, it was it was one of the best halves of football I've watched us play in a long time. Just in terms of the crispness of the passing, and and I made this comment last week as well, having watched the first half against Chelsea, the speed at which we move the ball now and. 
we in the past even when we tried to do that the crispness wasn't there the accuracy wasn't there but it's just bang 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 now and and we we're cutting teams open so it's it's brilliant to see i suppose with with that in mind maybe let's let's go into um and i'll bring the lads in as well Let, let's let's go into the the whole game and and have a chat about that and and a little bit more detail andy um obviously yeah, you know you watched the game on saturday it was an exceptional performance what were your thoughts in general yeah, 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 it was a bit of a bit of a landmark performance, I think. Um, there was a lot of talk during the week about the parking the bus type of team and are Liverpool capable of beating the teams that maybe come downfield and play for a draw. And uh, Klopp all week was talking about how this needs to be treated as a huge game and he delivered. Yeah. The players delivered. He must have been, the sound bites we were getting in the media, he was obviously drilling into the players all week. So it was a bit of a landmark thing. It, it, it basically just proved that Liverpool can uh, come out and play against Hull or wh- whoever. Yeah. Just like they would against Manchester United or, or Arsenal or Chelsea. So it was a landmark performance in that. And um, I think it was the first uh, real extreme Klopp performance like we all know about the uh, counter pressing and we've seen loads of we, we all know about the movement he likes the pace he likes the player but it was it was the first time when you looked at it and went oh Jesus like yeah that's yeah, just yeah. madness like yeah. some of the um, like BBC uh, on, on match of the day they've done a little montage of the bit of pressing like you know and to just see kind of five little examples in a row of how how crazy some of the counter pressing was, yeah. Like, um, remind you, like uh, a lot of when kids are playing, <laughs> and they all swarm towards the ball, yeah. But it was just done in a, a controlled way, structured way, yeah, yeah. yeah. And if it, you know, obviously, like Barcelona kind of used to do that in a way, but if it didn't work after five seconds, everyone just reverted back to a shape, yeah. But Liverpool never even had to get back into shape because they just kept winning the ball, yeah, and. A really cute team like that can play in tight spaces like Barcelona and we cut you open. But there's probably not a team in the league Apart who have... Not even City. You know, they're not as polished as someone like Barcelona or, or Bayern Munich are playing no, in tight spaces. No, Barcelona. they wouldn't be. Not when you, not that high up the pitch. Okay, like the likes of Sterling and Silva and Aguero, they, they wreak havoc up, up top. Yeah. But put any team under that sort of pressure in the Premier League so although it was only Hull and they only had 10 men it was a real landmark performance yeah yeah, yeah. Neil how are you great to great to have you here <laughs> um, yeah you know I, I watched a, a little video there today and it was literally from kickoff and the way the team waited they, they, they came up I think it was Firmino was the first one up they came up then waited 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 and then as soon as they hit, I think their right centre half in they mm. pressed and and the difference in the structure in which we were doing it and yeah. the, the shape in which we were doing it was brilliant to see. Yeah. And you know you you see it during a match, but obviously you're in the moment. You're 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 mm. it's a live game, so you're trying to just focus on yeah. the enjoyment of it. When you watch back and it really does impress yeah. you. Um what what did you find, Neil, most impressive from from the game or what was the well, I won't say a perf- it's very hard to kind of yeah, to suggest anything past the intensity levels, isn't it? It's like yeah. as if it's something that's just dawned on me. So forgive me if I don't make much sense. Right? Okay, yeah. I'm prepared. This isn't very prepared. <laughs> but it's like as if all of a sudden, because we won a few games at the beginning of the season and we're up near the top of the table, 
and he's had the preseason with him. Everybody all of a sudden has bought into it. Like a, sometimes last season, it was waiting for Lalana to set the press, and then everybody went. This time, people, individuals are taking it upon themselves. I know they were swarming, but it, they weren't waiting on an impetus. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, they weren't waiting on an impetus, and it was it was literally from the kickoff, and as, and so the big difference for me was that I suppose if you take the whole match and the Chelsea match rather than isolate the whole game on its own if you take the two matches I mean, like Andy was saying you have the big game and then the game against the lesser team and not but it's, the game still had the same gravitas yeah because yeah. We're, we're, cause we're near the top of the table yeah no absolutely um, but yeah so if you take the, the, the two matches in a little package that's where we were falling down in previous seasons and I think the massive difference is we didn't fall down and although I suppose, like I've said before, you try and revert back to 13-14 because it's the only yardstick that we have. It's the only time we challenged in the last 223 <laughs> years, I think it is. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's like we used to blow teams away in the first half, but that was all just all-out attack and because we had... I mean, Suarez again, but because he was in the team, so we were always going to score goals. But this, it wasn't just attack. It was, it was everybody was involved in every single aspect of it. It's, so it it's was, structure. It's a complete structure, yeah. yeah. And then you, I mean, who wasn't listening to him there earlier on talking about it? I suppose. Me. Um, um, I was on the way here, so unfortunately I didn't get well, to see him. Well, listen, it was really impressive, and sure, anybody who says they weren't impressed by it is a fucking idiot. So. Right, okay. Um, Dion, um, Karius came in during the week against uh, Derby, had a had a good game, um, and has now held his place um, against Hull. You know, as much as Jurgen Klopp says, I have two keepers there, you know, and and there's no real number one. He's just saying that, really, isn't he? You know, Karius has to be our number one now going forward. Uh, yeah, he does. Yeah, I think that's what he was, he was signed to do. But um, uh, like, you still need to like, like put it this way: if he isn't number one, uh, it's a bit wor- like if yeah, we have a problem. Christmas time, <laughs> there's a problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, you kind of hope, and I, I like he, he seemed fine so far, but it wasn't really enough to make it make a judgment either way. Like so. He's had two uh, fairly easy games, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and you know, and I think he, he, again. Uh, a bit like Bravo at City, like you know, you know that he's, your Klopp has got a, a goalkeeper in who's going to do what he wants him to do. Wants him to do, um, but I, I do think that uh, like it is a big, it is a big. Um, I don't think it's a big call. I think it's it, it's an obvious call, but it's a, it's a problem position, and uh, you really need carriers to actually be, become the number one and become the obvious one. Because as I say, like if you're talking at Christmas time about Mignolet coming back in or something. Then uh, it hasn't gone according to plan. Yeah, absolutely. In saying that, Steve, I, th- I think for the goal, I th- it was dropped about five yards from his goal line. I think he should have came and collected that. I mean, that's his six yards. I know there's probably a little bit old school, but six yards is the goalkeeper's. Area. He needs to come out and get a hand on that, in my opinion, when the ball is dropping in the six yard box from O'Connor. Yeah, I know what you're saying, and because that's just more of the same. Yeah, for for I think there was a catalogue of it yet again, and I was going to talk about it in a minute. You know, I, I want to talk about the the areas of the of the match, and one of them is our set piece flaws. And yet again, it's it's a mistake in the defence or or the defending of that set piece that that gives the I think opportunity. The ball is dropping in the centre of the goal, five yards out in the six in the six yard box. I think surely the goalkeeper has to come out and at least make an effort for it because he was rooted to his line. He should have been out commanding that area. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, and and you know what that probably comes down home home debut. Could be nerves. Yeah, yeah. Um, what it does show for me is a ruthlessness from Klopp. 
which we know is there, but we're really seeing it this season. Because Mignolet, for all the detractors, and, and I've been one of them plenty of times myself, he hasn't done a huge amount wrong to be dropped from that side mm. so far this season. We've got off to a good start. He's not really been at fault for much. And he, you, you could have forgiven Klopp for leaving him in, um, but he hasn't. He's taken this opportunity. He's given Karius a game at the first opportunity versus Derby and then decided, right, you're in. And it would be very hard to see him. It might switch where Mignolet is now playing more of the Cup games, FA Cup and, and League Cup. Mm. But it's going to be very hard to see him, barring a, a, a massive dip in form, coming out of the side. Oh, so. He gave him a season, didn't he? Pardon? He gave him a season, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you mean Mignolet? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He I mean, did. He, he gave him a season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Well, we were kind of discussing where our... Meg or Carrius would start I suppose like the com- main conclusion I could kind of come up with was well what was his plan to start the season before Carrius got injured Yeah, was he <coughs> Meg's replacement or was he just a young keeper with lots of potential uh, to push him Yeah. so when Carrius is fit and he's obviously played the cup game he's ready Yeah. so then it comes down to what Klopp's plans was for the opening game of the season and I think we've just seen that. That was yeah. basically that Carrius was going to start the season. Yeah. Um, it would have been wrong to, I suppose, change his plan just because Mig hasn't had a catastrophic error. Yeah. But surely to God, if he's brought in a goalkeeper that's a lot different to Mig, um, Klopp has that. an idea in his head what he wants his goalkeeper to do, and Mig and I hasn't been fulfilling yeah. all yeah. these boxes that he, he needs to take. No, that's fair enough. Um, Dion, Adam Lalana, um, a player that, you know, I suppose had so much potential and, and yet again, he, I, I probably gave him a very hard time for the first 18 months or so that he was at the club. Um, really last season from February onwards, I've been massively impressed by him, but he really has stepped it up. You know, tons of people said as soon as Klopp gets the chance in the summer, he'll be gone or he'll be out of the side. There's no way, there's no room for a player like him in Klopp's team. He's probably, if not the first name on the team sheet, very, very close to it at the moment, along with Firmino and, and maybe Henderson. Um, his his return now with assists and goals to add to the work rate and that new position in the middle of the park has been phenomenal. Um, what have you made of it so far? Yeah, no, he's... he's uh He's um, he surprised me. I have to say, like I, I, I would have been a critic of, of his as well, and uh, um, he's shown like he's, he's kind of an intelligent, intelligent guy. I think, and he, he's shown kind of an ability to grasp what Klopp wants and and uh, and do it. And like it's become so effective this year. This year, and again, I think he's somebody who's benefited from. Uh, the the full preseason and like but it, like even last season it's fit like he he was uh, becoming like stronger and fitter as you say like you know the, from from like toward the end of last season like he really was transforming and uh, you know to get to, like you want those players like this is the thing and this is again to go back to what we're talking about like this is what you want from uh, a team and like, for too long like. Uh, like you know, I'd almost have a starting point. Of, like midfielder, does he get you? A, does he just get you a goal? Can he score? Can you get? Because like Liverpool for so long have had had, had players who just don't uh, get you a goal. Yeah, you know, yeah. like and uh, it's 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 always good to have, have have players who can get you goals from different positions. You're not relying on your forwards, um, and uh, and like for like for a while, Alana didn't look like that kind of player. 
What's going on there, lads? Sorry, um, um, one of the, the the laptops. Sorry about that. Um, for a while, he didn't he didn't look like that player. Sorry, you were saying? No, no, no. I didn't. I think he was going to look like a player who would actually finish it off with actually getting the goals. And this season, uh, you know, he got like uh, three goals this season. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, like that's that's a great return. So, like, I think you know, I do, I do think um, if you can keep it going. Uh, like again, it, it, it's very encouraging because he wasn't a player, um, and I think he's one of the ones Coffee can say right. I thought I could get more out of him than he has done so far. Yeah, so that's one of the ones like who represents kind of the the deal that Klopp kind of came in on. But uh, like, and like I think he, he he's the kind of the poster boy for it really at the moment. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and it was it was actually really nice to see um, Clavin come into the side, and he impressed me again. He he was very very physical, and and uh, you know Abel Hernandez didn't get a sniff mainly because between Clavin and Matip on another day he might have got the chance to take that ball in, release a little bit of pressure on on his side, even get turned on them, and and, and you know create an opportunity or two, but. For me, Clavin was so physical with him. At, at any point, he was trying to get that ball in. Clavin was there, smack, smack, smack. And Matip was there beside him to just clear up and, and stroll out a fence with it. And it's it's actually, for me, brilliant. And I'll bring the lads in again, um, you know, in, in terms of uh, to see the difference it makes to being able to... That's that's Lucas and Matip we've had. We've had Lovren and Matip. We've had Clavin and Matip. Now, I suppose the... the, um, the, the Central factor seems to be that uh, Joel Matip is in that centre centre back partnership, but um, it really has made a difference to us compared to say last season where we had Lovren, Skirtle, Sacco, and at all times you were feeling a little bit nervy. Andy, uh, what what have you seen in terms of the the difference that that's made? Uh, the difference in what like we kind of experienced the same thing well, as last season, like uh, the chopping and changing. At the no, back. I mean more so that I I personally don't feel. Okay, we have conceded in all of our yeah, matches, uh, but I don't feel nervy. N- no, um, I think like when we were talking about Liverpool this season during the summer, um, I was saying even if even if they didn't change anyone at the back, I think we'd still concede less goals. Like actually, the subject at the time was about Moreno, yeah, yeah, yeah. and about how vulnerable we look when Moreno's playing and how. Um, how many kind of mad er- mad mistakes he makes. But what we were saying was, this season with Liverpool, uh, with a full pre-season and for, with the players in that he wants, we're going to see Liverpool more, uh, with more possession in the higher areas and pinning teams back and putting a bit of fear into teams. So you're defending from the front. Yeah. So the main difference this season, because it's only six games in, is we haven't been tested yeah. properly. Like, okay, there's been balls in and, and they've had to deal and Matip's been good. When Lovren played, he's been good. When Clavin's played, he's been good. They've all been good. But we haven't, like last season, seen big, long spells of sustained pressure or balls over the top where there's just, you know, it's constantly happening. Like Liverpool mopped up a lot last season when they called upon. But then it was happening so often that there was bound to be errors. Yeah. So it's hard to say exactly what the difference is this season until Liverpool have been tested the same. Like, I want to get carried away and I'm excited and this is brilliant. Like, they're brilliant. I want to get carried away. But when times are a little bit worse and it comes into uh, 
into the season. Maybe Mane drops some form or he could be off at the Cup of Nations. And important play, players aren't then. And Liverpool start feeling a bit more pressure. Like there's a lot of games over Christmas. Who knows? Yeah, we, lo- yeah. we won't know how good Liverpool's defence are until we see you know, periods where there's a dip in form and we're being tested more. I know what you're saying by that, but Neil, we, we have gone to three of our biggest rivals for a top four spot and, you know, come away with wins. And we were... Within reason, we were the better team against Spurs as well. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's fair. And, and it turns out that the Lallana goal wasn't offside. So, like, for me, is that down to our style of play then? Is yeah, it our style of play that's the that point means... I'm making is we've had them pegged back. Yeah. For long periods of the game. Yeah. You know, Rogers used to talk about if you um, kept possession more than 50% of the possession of the game, you had, you know, X percent of the chance of winning the game. Yeah. That's not correct if you're just keeping the ball around your own back four. Yeah. Because how the fuck are you going to score goals? But if you were keeping the ball up higher in the pitch and pegging the team back, first of all, you're putting them under pressure. They don't get into their rhythm. And then they they don't have the confidence to hit you on the break because they're, they're, you're putting the fear of God into them. Yeah. So Liverpool are now putting this marker down that their team to be feared. So that's 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 what I'm saying. It's it's defending from the front yeah. by attacking. Dion, how much of that is, uh, I suppose, a part of that is is the trio that we have in the midfield now? Because Emery Chan, albeit he only he's only coming back from injury at the moment, it's going to be very hard for him to maybe get back into that side at the minute. You know, with with Wijnaldum progressing game on game and, and yet again, against Arsenal and against Burnley, I felt he was, even though he got an assist in his first game, I felt he was not really in the match. You know, he he didn't really stamp his authority on it. Um, game after game, he's improved. And between himself, Lalana and Henderson, um, they really are creating a, quite a formidable partnership in there. Yeah, they are. And... Uh... You know, again, I, I did a piece after the Burnley game about about Henderson and the problem he was he was, uh, but like you know he was great against great against Chelsea, like almost uh, like the almost the, the, the least important thing he did against Chelsea was, was score that goal. You yeah. know, he was so good in everything he did, and uh, and. Like I still have, I still have some doubts about him, but uh, at the moment, I think uh, like they are, they are again showing. A, it's, it's just, it's just that sense you get from them when you watch them at the moment that um, people are kind of enjoying it. People know what 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 other people are doing. They've worked hard on us, and there's a, there's a there's a, a purpose and a cohesion to it, and um, like that, you know that. Like that only kind of happens quite rarely um, in a team, and like it does. I just think that's the thing to be uh, that sort of common purpose. Like you know, without going into kind of the whole clock sort of philosophy, but like that sense, that way he gets a team, the way he got Dortmund at their peak. You know, that was the same thing. You know, you units of the team working together, everybody kind of understanding what other people were going to be doing, and. that's what you get from that midfield, but you get it. You get it across. You know, you get it on the game like Saturday. You get it uh, all over the all over the field. You get it from everybody, and it, it, it kind of uh, ten outfield players moving moving together. So, uh, like I do think it's. I still think I think Emery Chan still has. Uh, like I, I like to think he still has, he still has a big part to play in it, 
Um, but he does, uh, you know, it, 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 at the moment it's going to be tough for him. Yeah, see, I don't, th- like you were saying, how is he going to get back in? Um, when, I suppose you've seen, I've seen when your players drop out and players come in, I mean, you've seen Firmino dropping out, you've seen Sturridge dropping out, Coutinho dropping out. Um, and I, like, there was concern at the time, particularly when Firmino dropped out, but it's, 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 it seems to be, everybody's so bought into the philosophy, like Dion was saying, that it seems to be seamless now, someone steps in. But stepping into a role that's predefined and they're not filling in a gap because we're, the squad is so depleted. I mean, they're stepping into... They've, they've, been, they've had the time to train with it. I mean, it's, it's ingrained in them now. I they're mean, brought in to do a specific job. To do a specific job, and they know where they, they should be exactly every specific time in the ball is a certain area of the pitch. I mean, so... It's not so much a worry of people dropping in and out and dropping in and out as it has been in previous seasons because we've seen it is kind of seem it seems to be seamless now. Yeah, it seems to be a yeah. greater understanding. And, and poor Al Emre always seems to carry a little bit of timber when he comes back from an injury. <laughs> I get the feeling. He's, he's fond of his grub, I get that feeling. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny, like, people were in such denial over that. Like, you know, it's plain to see. Yeah. He can't move like Wijnaldum can. Yeah. He can't move like Henderson can. They're both box-to-box players, but it just th- seems to look like Chan takes th- th- a bit to get going, like, you know. I think he can. Acceleration. I just, I just think it takes him five, six games to get back in and, and shed that, just get, gain that little bit of match fitness. I think when he's, when he's like last season, there was a point at which he was absolutely strolling and you mm. could see he was sharper and quicker and just that little bit better than he had been at any other point. And I think that comes yeah. from peak like, physical condition. Like, I'm... Damo uh, Flood, who uh, used to do his podcast, <laughs> um, ex tripper, <laughs> he he's mad into this um, idea that uh, Chan can be that screen defensive midfielder, and I think he can too because he's a good reader of the game and he's physical and he gets across and he um, he out muscles players and he comes away with the ball and he's able to use the ball then. So perfect for that type of role, okay. But when Aldum is a bit more. Boom, boom, boom. You know, like just sharp, short runs, be everywhere. Kind of, um, he's not like a natural defensive midfielder, but do you remember when Lucas was really good and he just seemed to be everywhere? Yeah. You know, he was um, covering the left back, he was covering the right back. And it was like he was going around on a moped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when Alan just seems to be everywhere too, like he's, he's, he's found up top, he's found in the middle, he's found... Uh, deep, and he's found out wide, and I know like Klopp went on about uh, how he's how he doesn't get too bogged down into systems, and once his players are in, you know, it doesn't matter which player is where is where as long as somebody is where they're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And that's, so that's the kind of advantages I think you're having uh, when Alan and the team were against Chan. Okay, um, listen, I, I suppose we, we, we don't need to go into absolutely every player. I think the, the front three, yet again, were electric with, with regards to the way they were able to interchange their positions between Mane, Coutinho and Firmino. It made a massive uh, difference to the way we can play football. Um, Swansea up next um, were away half twelve. No? no, I don't. I don't believe so. Unless Dion knows that, and we haven't heard yet. No, I haven't heard anything. Yet. <laughs> no, no. Okay, okay. So yeah, we, we've them at half twelve on Saturday. Um, I'm never a fan of the early game. Um, I always have the creeps about them. Uh, they just we 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 tend to. No, 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 no. I'm normally at home, to be fair, but. Um, Dion, what what sort of difference do you see in how we approach this game to say how we approached the whole match? Um, I I don't I don't 
think there'll be actually uh, I don't think there'll be too much of a, of a of a change of emphasis. Clearly, like you might want, like you might not have the fullbacks getting forward as much. Uh, but I, I think that is the, the the approach Klopp is going to take to games home or away, and there's no reason for most matches why why you shouldn't uh, take it take that approach because I think um, the way he wants to play um, it's always better if if you uh, if you get the first goal. So um, uh, I I I think I think um, like I think the I think that it could be very similar like. Type performance. I can't. I can't see why you would uh, like. Like you, if you look back to the the, the Burnley game, um, which was the most. Like now they conceded so early that day, Liverpool. But like that was the most. That was the flattest Liverpool have been uh, this season. And like that's the one thing. Like if you're asking for anything, you would say don't be like Burnley. You wouldn't be saying don't be as adventurous or as attacking uh, as you were against Hull. The only uh, precedent you'd be looking upon from this season's uh, feely is to say let's not let's not do what what Liverpool did against Burnley because that was uh, that was flat and that was the one game you looked at and thought right there's nothing happening here and there's nobody really doing like doing anything clever and uh, Burnley sat deep and made it difficult but it was it was a, a depressing performance from Liverpool so I think he'd be more likely to encourage them to keep keep what happened against Hull going and. He should too, because like Swansea are are there for the the taking. I know there is a natural um, fear of, of from every Liverpool fan. Like these are the games that kind of you know trip Liverpool up, and that was the thing. The minute uh, Chelsea came along, and like people were saying to me, you know, I wrote a piece about it that night, and people were saying to me on Twitter, Hull and Swansea are the are the are the big games, and like that's you know that's kind of. Uh, that sort of like you know experience speaking from Liverpool supporters' point of view, yeah. like that they're the games that they expect almost Liverpool to, to to trip up on, and you know they have done so often in the past. But there's no point in going around thinking this is what we this is what we've done, we've done in the past. We we could do it again. I think to have the attitude uh, that Liverpool had against Hull is going to, would would give them a much better chance of winning than not having that attitude. So I don't. Uh, I don't see too many changes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I can't see a huge change in in personnel. I think you might see Lovren come back in, um, even though I thought Clavin had a very good game. Uh, you might see a change in the front three, or or, or you might see Chan come in. I, I, I maybe. Yeah, I, think, maybe. I think I think Lovren will come in, but like that's not really a change. That's like that, that was a bit of rotation. But I think, yeah. and any changes beyond that aren't really a change of emphasis, but a change of personnel. And yeah, like it's the same with Lovren. So. I think generally uh, um, it'll be the same approach. Like I think there might be some, but that's the thing about Liverpool at the moment. You don't, you're not quite sure what team he's going to pick. But that's um, that, that's an excellent point you make there, in in the sense that we now are at a position, or in a position, should I say, whereby a change of personnel doesn't. Uh, automatically mean a change of approach. You take it last season, if Daniel Sturridge is in the side, it's a much different approach, or if Firmino's up top, it's a much different approach, or Benteke, whoever that person is leading the line, and I'm just using them as one example, but they are what determines nearly how we approach the game and how we play. This season, it, it seems to be far more a case whereby um, it's more about what we actually want to do with the ball, regardless of what the 11 on the pitch are. Um, yeah. 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 Um, Neil, 
from from your side, do you you know do you have a, an idea or do you have any thoughts on what you'd like to see happen against Swansea? It's very, it's very hard to be critical. I'm not genuinely concerned about if there's a personnel change, just like Dean was saying. I mean, that, that just kind of echoes what I was saying earlier on. I mean, the the, the approach certainly isn't going to change. Yeah, the, the first half was nearly the perfect counter pressing performance mm. or the best that he's seen in his time at Liverpool. Yeah. So if that's what he's if that's what he's calling as close to perfect as he's seen in his, that's not going to change. The personnel may well change. And should, I mean, should, that's not going to cause a problem if everybody knows what they have to do. So, okay, okay. As you ask me, am I concerned about it? I was concerned about the whole match. I'm not concerned about the Swansea match. Okay, okay. Um, Andy, any thoughts? Or you... Yeah, just to jump in on the selection uh, thing, I think uh, <clears throat> we've reached a unique time in probably distant memory where we've about 17 starters. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many players have been involved so far this season in the league, but I'd say it's close enough to 17 if you include like two goalkeepers have, pl- have started league games and you have Clavin has played at the back, you have Lucas has played at the back, you have uh, Lovren along with Matip, Moreno played left back, Milner played left back. You know, So any of those coming in hasn't really weakened us at all all season. Like yeah. Burnley game, it wasn't a weak performance. It was just a performance where they just didn't get that goal. Like when you're playing against teams that sit deep, you have to create, you know, better way is it you know set pieces is a good way or like scoring from distance getting the corners winning penalties stuff like that so we haven't looked weak all season despite whoever comes in so yeah. I feel like there seems to be a kind of a group of 17 players there that no matter who comes in you can you can depend on them yeah and I, I think this might not go down too well but perhaps the loss to Burnley so early in the season wasn't the catastrophe it could have been. I was, yeah. um, and what no, what I mean by that is it 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 exposed some points that we we beat Arsenal and everybody yeah. was on a massive high. Yeah. If we beat Burnley, then all of a sudden nothing's exposed, yeah. and and all of a sudden there was a lot of things that he got to look at with that team very all, early on in the season and said, okay, well maybe there's tweaks here or there need to be made. Yeah, now, yeah. that's just a that's yeah, just a shout there's out. There's a, a silver line in there. You've just gone a bit uh, full Paul Tompkins there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, the, the Europa League is better than the Champions League. Do you? Well, listen, this well, is the sort of I, podcast I, we allow. And, and that's, why, that's why it's the silver line. And, you know, we, we could lose the league yeah. by three points. We could, lo- you know, miss out on Champions League by three points. That's how important. That, but the only thing, people had, as soon as the final whistle went, people were calling it a blip, right? I wasn't buying into that until until the match last weekend right? because I think it is I think it can we can now afford to call it a blip because it's not a pattern because I'm, I'm personally I'm so confident going to this one that, that's why I'm only calling it, was it a blip a, now it was a blip <laughs> but, <laughs> but you're wrong after the game know, people were saying ah the same old bollocks they're fucking shit we can't break teams down we fucking it's the same as last year we're shit that, that's what Pete, that was the reaction it was no. now it's a blip no, when we look back People that no, are straight after people were calling it a blip. Mm. Yeah, rational okay. people. Rational people. You must follow a lot of rational people. And I, do, yeah. I feel. I don't. I follow you. Well, I feel. Steve, that's <laughs> no, yeah. I feel like. I feel like there's not too many rational people, and I really respect you know those people who who just pull themselves away from what's happening and, and thinking before they speak and just say, mm, you know, it could have been a blip, and let's look at the positives here. And there's very few of that. You yeah, know, and yeah. and it's good. It's good to be like that because here we are now, and it, it does look like a blip. Yeah. yeah. No, well, that's my. That was kind of. That was kind of my point. Okay. Well, now that we're all disagreeing and in agreement, um, let's have a quick prediction. Um, we'll start with yourself, Dion. What What are you thinking on Saturday? What What score do you reckon? Uh, I go two 0 
Two nil. Okay. Two nil uh, Liverpool. Two nil Liverpool. Well, I was hoping it wasn't Swansea. So, um, Andy. Uh, I'm not confident enough uh, just yet to say that Liverpool won't concede a goal. Yeah. Because Liverpool concede goals. That's what they do. Um, so I'm going to say uh, Swansea won, Liverpool four. Okay. Uh, Neil, you going for an old Steve-O special? 3-1 away win. Yeah, okay. 3-1 away, away win. And I think it might be less, I could be wrong and I hope I am, I think it might be less um, attack-minded. And I don't mean, I, I, sorry, scoreline-wise, I'm going to go 2-1 win. Um, that's my thinking. I still think we, we maybe concede a goal because we're capable of it. But no, actually, you know what? I'm going to revise. 2-0. I'm stick, I'm going with Dion on this one. 2-0 away win. Yeah. So listen, let, let's move on to the, the Sacco situation mm. because it has to be it has to be discussed. And we won't go into too much depth. We've talked a lot of stuff about him to death at this stage. Um, and I actually I actually wrote a piece would you believe? Yeah, um, don't read <laughs> I'd say you are. Um, but no, um, in, in in all seriousness, he really is a silly lad, isn't he? You know, in his approach and the way he's gone about things. Dion, you 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 must you know from talking to other lads that that maybe are a little bit closer to the to the club because they're they're Merseyside, you know, located or or uh, based. Um, you must hear things about how things are going down there over the last couple of months, are you? Um, well, I think Saka. I think really, like he is what we'd probably call it an Egypt, you know. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, no, no. I think he's just an Egypt, like you know. It's, uh, uh, and I, I actually think he's kind of a, a useful, a useful Egypt for Klopp in a way because um, he was able this summer to just kind of a bit like. Uh, but a bit like Joe Hart and and Yaya Torre at, at City, like he was, uh, um, uh, he was able to kind of, you know, use him as an example to the others. Like this is what happens. Like the way he dealt with him in America was, was I thought again just that kind of there is no messing with me and uh, you, you're you're going to do things. This isn't a, this isn't a place to come and joke around and and and. Like, and I thought it was extraordinary that when he, like, he was sent home, and next thing, uh, and I know you don't want to sound like kind of you know Roy Keane complaining about selfies and stuff, but like when he was back at, at Melwood, then there was just more pictures of him like, you know, training and getting down to you know getting down to train, all this sort of stuff, and it's just uh, he really seems to think that he can if he appeals to that constituency, he can. Uh, he can like he can like people won't see won't think will will kind of will fall for it basically you know and like like Sacco has had some very you know like pretty good performances very good performances for Liverpool uh, he was a loss at the, like in the in the Europa League final there's no question about that uh, but he'd be less of a loss this season because of of like massive especially he looks excellent um, and. Uh, I don't. I just don't think. Like, it's extraordinary. Like, you know, when he's told, like, you know, we want you to go out alone, he doesn't go out alone, and then he kind of acts like comes out with the latest sort of Snapchat stuff. It's just, it's just kind of ridiculous. And I think, um, I think he's, I think he's, it's just uh, like people always say in these situations, like he's, he's badly advised. That's always, that's always the language, you know. He's always very badly advised. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe he's just and, a gobshite. Uh, but like, uh, yeah, like I think. 
like it's it's sort of a, like it kind of almost you wonder what he thinks fans are going to buy like when he when he uh, comes out with some of the stuff because it's clearly aimed at kind of getting Liverpool supporters on his side, yeah. um, and like but it's a total misreading of the situation because at the moment the way Liverpool are going, uh, like they may they may have um, Liverpool fans might have like you know did have clearly like Sacco became a cult hero. And you couldn't kind of criticise him for the section of Liverpool fans, but like things change very quickly in football, mm. and uh, it doesn't like you know that that was at a period when uh, you know things weren't always going that well, and um, like when you've got a team that is, is being led by a manager that it seems to be getting it right, like there is no appetite among supporters for any you know, for somebody coming along and kind of trying to sort of court the kind of the, the, you know play in the court of public opinion. Um, which is what he's trying to do. When clearly, like he, the best thing he could have done was to do what Klopp said: go out on loan, get his fitness back, make statements there. Like what? What? How much? Um, how better would it have been from his point, from the point of view of uh, like if he's trying to appeal to Liverpool supporters? Like if you're a Liverpool fan and you're watching him on loan playing well, uh, you're far more likely to think. Okay, we need him back next season, or we need you know Saka still as a place in the squad. Than a than a Snapchat uh, story posted at you know three in the morning, morning or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just think I, I just, that, that, sorry, there wasn't there an implication that um, Klopp was telling lies? Yeah, or the club were telling yeah. lies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's telling he's telling nothing but the truth. I mean, that was. But you, you know what Dion said there that the the fan base um, you know will only take so much. I I'm absolutely bamboozled at the people who tried to defend him. Yeah. And and there's people on on. I know. Listen, you know what's terrible? We we treat Twitter like it's the only place where rational and sane people live. Yeah. You know, and it's not. It's the place where the crazies come out to play. And we have to remember yeah. that. You know, if I, I I put it up the other day, can you imagine if real life? was like Twitter mm. it just would be yeah. it would be incomprehensible but, but yeah. there's people out there and we're talking big accounts on Twitter people who are who are listened to by a lot of people still finding reasons as to yeah. why he would have said these things and 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 I heard somebody um, somebody retweeted something about how he suffered with insomnia in the past yeah. and that's probably why he was up at 3 o'clock in the morning mm. yeah. um, tweeting these things and it's just like why can you not just hold your hands up and say this is a dick move from a player that's already in the bad books and what okay as Dion said he probably should have went out on loan but if he didn't want to go out on loan and then he's within his rights to not go out on loan if he doesn't want to go out on loan, he probably would have got a chance. He probably would have got an opportunity in the team had he just kept his head down. An injury to Clavin, an injury to Lovren, one of them puts him on the bench. Yeah. He would have, Steve, he would have got a chance if he didn't reignite the fire. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I thought that, you know, this like he's decided, decided to stay and fight for his, his place, which has to be admired to a certain extent. So you wait your time. And then when the team is desperate enough or when you prove that your application has changed in training, then Klopp changes his mind. The olive branch was put out there because he was named in the squad. Absolutely. Klopp wasn't a complete bastard and said, no, you're finished. Yeah. He said, okay, you've decided to stay. I'll name you here just in case I need you. He was clever about it. And uh, Sacco's gone and just burned his bridges. Yeah. Just like that. And like, I... Count myself as a rational fan, and and up to this point, I've always tried to see the other side. Like when we we had the um, 
the whole uh, um, performance enhancing drugs and Dave Thomas went off on the cheap road and some fans went the complete opposite and backed them to the hilt. Yeah. You know, so there was... I tried to find the middle ground. I listened to Dave's point, I listened to other people's point who couldn't see wrong in him. But this is this that this is the breaking point for me. Yeah. I can't stomach modern football players and this um like uh, real like what's the word I'm looking for? A needy do you mean in terms of the, the, their need to be to be, be accepted? Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it's desperate. It's desperate. Like you have um, Sacco, who and and um, as Dion put it perfectly, uh, who's he appealing to now? Like it's the language, isn't it? Like the Liverpool country, because yeah. he he got and a good sc- response from scout that. Sol- yeah. scout soldier. He got the, he got good responses from that in the past. So yeah. it's like. Um, the the fellow up on the stage. Hello, Manchester. <laughs> yeah, yeah! <laughs> you know, like use all the t- use all the words he thinks, but he, it's a complete misread, as Dion says, of the situation. Yeah. It's it's the wrong time. Yeah. Everyone's behind Liverpool at the moment. Yeah. Everyone's behind Klopp. Yeah, it's not like there's this little uh, fragile in between where hang on now I'm going to drop a bomb about a lie. Uh, and that that was that was the that was the real thing. The lie yeah, the now, that wrecked that line. wrecked my head. That that this, that ruined my whole Saturday because in the back of my mind I was thinking, is Klopp a bit of a muppet? Like, yeah, <laughs> is he yeah. is he so great on camera and we've all bought into him? But in the background, is he being a bit uh, sneaky? Yeah, you know. Well, the implication he, there, the yeah. obvious implication is that he's not telling us the club and Klopp are telling. Yeah, us. and like that's a, I. A, I think like it's a massive jump to tell. I think it's a huge, yeah, huge so. accusation yeah, to too, to right? say there's a lot. Why not just put your phone down at three in the morning if you can't sleep and count sheep? Right, the following day <laughs> you are up all night, uh, wondering I need to get this message out. Go to a reliable newspaper in France. And tell your story. Yeah, Lequeep, and tell the Lequeep truth. will be happy to, yeah. to... Now, I'll be I'll be pissed off. I'll be pissed off. I'll be pissed off with it. And most fans will be pissed off with it. But they'll appreciate it more than that Snapchat. absolute muppet going on the fucking phone in the middle of the night and, 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 and just being so unprofessional. These players are paid enough money by their employer. I know my employer wouldn't tolerate it if I was, yeah, if I was yeah. talking about that. None of our employers would. But... Players seem to uh, think it's their God-given right is because the player power has got so strong now and they have fans. And as Dan says, he's misread it this time. He's lost all the supporters now. Well, a lot of them. He's, lo- he's lost 99.9% of it's, us. It's, and it's hardly an isolated innocent. It's going on since the derby two yeah. years Yeah, Stephen, the only reason people are clinging on to this now is because they're so balls deep in it. Yeah, they've they, said they've so, much so much good about, about Sacco that the that it's too late now. Yeah, it's too late to. But what to about say, the orphanages? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah actually, I was wrong all along. There is a little bit of a problem with this yeah. player. And listen, it doesn't need to be. And I told you so because it, we've seen it before. Mad stuff has happened, and players come back into the fold. He may still play for Liverpool again. I don't believe he will, yeah. but he may. You know, and and if he does, fine. Yeah. But but to to get behind him now and say that what he did was okay or that. He he's being misunderstood. There's no misunderstood. You know, yeah. there's mis- no misunderstanding here. Yeah, it's clear. It was clear. like when uh, when when James Pierce, friend of the show, he was saying uh, <laughs> he was he called it very early that his Liverpool career could be in jeopardy, yeah. and that's what journalists do. That's what different makes them different between us and them. They're yeah. paid to write. They're paid to see things early. They're paid to be profound and notice things. And he called it very early. And at that stage, 
it was like, mm, yeah, you're being a bit strong there, James. Like, maybe. But now, now I think we can all roll in behind the likes of James Pierce and the other people who wrote about it uh, long before that even and say, yeah, there's a bit of a problem. And it's no wonder that a lot of the professionals, the pundits we see are here and listen to all the time on Sky never really got behind the cult thing. Yeah. Because they get the whispers. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. Dion, is there a way back from? Uh, I guess there is, but um, it's, it's a long, it's a long way back. Yeah, uh, like I, I'm not sure if he's if he's the type of player Klopp would fancy anyway. Um, uh, do you know what? I don't really think there is a way back from. Yeah, I think about it. I think uh, I don't think he's a player Klopp fancies. Um, I'm not sure his attitude can change. I'd like, you know, like maybe his attitude will change, but I don't, I still don't think it would be enough. Like there's a way, like, I think, I think he'll, he'll, he'll move on at, at, at some stage soon and like, you know, have a good career somewhere. But I, I can't see him being, playing too central a role in, in Klopp's Liverpool. Yeah. He's, he's not a kid anymore. You know, what's he, 26? Yeah. That's you know his personality. What I mean? is it, is it, that's the personality you're dealing with now. But this, this is a fella and, and, you know, I, I, I put it in the, the thing that I did, but it, it came from ESPN and, the, and they did, a, they did a, uh, an article about how, you know, he was the darling of PSG at 17. And that just went belly up because he didn't want to change his ways to suit the new managers that came in. Yeah. He believed, I'm, I'm Mamadou Sacco. This is who I am. You don't like it. Tough shit. Like you said, and, Steve, he's 26 and like he's an adult and that's his personality. He's not going to have a personality transplant anytime soon. No. So that's mm. the individual that you're dealing with. So that's not going to change. So I think, I don't think there's any way clear path back from him. Yeah. I, I, and as, as long as we keep on playing well, there's no need for him to come back. You know, uh, at the moment, he's fifth choice, you know, behind Lovren, Matip, Clavin, Lucas. I think we all agree it, it's probably a, a one-way road for him and that's, that's El Banfield. Okay, um, at this stage, Dion is heading off. So big thanks to uh, Dion Fanning uh, for coming on uh, Chief Sports Writer with SportsJoe.ie uh, and Joe.co.uk. Um, lads, big Yorgi Bear on Monday Night Football tonight. Some people were having a go. I saw Ronnie Whelan um, come out today. Not have a go about it. Um, he just said, what does Liverpool benefit from having him on? You know, and Kind of what he was saying was, um, yeah, we we might become everybody's favourite second team, you know. Um, but how do Liverpool benefit from that? You know, can you imagine Kenny Dalglish and his pomp going and doing that? Can you imagine Alex Ferguson going and doing that? Was, now, I suppose that's maybe a little bit outdated because the culture around football wasn't such. You know, you you barely got a post match interview. Yeah, we're living in a media back. culture now, yeah. aren't we? You know yeah. what I mean? Everybody wants to hear what he has. Yeah. And the benefit, what benefit are Liverpool Football Club getting for it? I don't know. Yeah. But me as a fan, the benefit I got from it was to kind of get his real insight into how he how he wants his Liverpool team to operate. Because you don't get it in a snippet or a press conference. Mm. Yeah, he had an hour or three quarters of an hour to go on about it. Well, he didn't say that too deep. But imagine like if uh, Klopp was delivering like some sort of a uh, um, presentation to a lot of young coaches yeah he's going to be very technical about how he's speaking and he probably would get a little bit more scientific about it you know? and I don't think he's that scientific of a manager you know yeah. I think there's a lot of people around him are very scientific but I think he's all about his um, what he said at the at the very start the Carragher asked him uh, his biggest influence and it was that manager I can't think of his name but basically he, um, what really opened up his eyes was just the point that we're playing against a team 
who may be better individually, but we can be anyone as a collective as unit. a collective unit as a team. And he, I think that's what he, what he said really got me interested in, in coaching is is a, is making a team which are weaker than the opposition win. Yeah. So football is such an interesting sport that you can you can you can beat the opposition with a weaker team. I, I think I'm going to drill into that for a second, Andy, because I think that's something that really drives him. The thought of being with the team that isn't the best team. Yeah. That and isn't spending ninety million on a midfielder. And exactly. Stuff like that. Yeah. And you know we see the reports of Bayern during the week mm. that they're lining him up and it's okay they're happy to wait for him he can oh, we leave him there and let mm. him have another couple of years with Liverpool and, and then we'll come and take him mm. and I suppose there's two things there number one I'm not certain that that's what he would want um, uh, he's already said I think that he doesn't want to be managing when he's 65 you mm. know what I mean so so I think we will get it assuming that all things go well and, and regardless of winning the league or not that he that he progresses with us year on yeah. year I think we'll keep him for a number of years but similarly I don't think he wants to go there um, or he wants to go to a club like that where it's just a checkbook manager mm. I think the drive uh, for him I think he's, a, he's an honest fella and if he says Liverpool you could see himself staying with Liverpool for for the rest of his career, which he has, he's, he feels he's in a really comfortable place and he loves the club and all that. I don't think Klopp is the type of man to spoof like that. Yeah. Although being let down by players like Torres saying things like that in the past. But I think he's he's a man of his word. And I think by the time Klopp does leave Liverpool, um, we might be ready to let go. Yeah. You know, we might have we might have seen a cycle of him building Liverpool up to where he, where he can. And then when he gets them up to that point in the league... As far as he really wins the league first or not, uh, we'll start to see little holes in it when other teams are coming in, and and it might be time for a change. Yeah. So let's not worry about um, leaving Liverpool because there's life after after him or anybody. after Klopp, and it would be a disaster if, like, hypothetically, Bayern just swooped in now and took him right yeah. in the middle and just pulled the rug from under our feet. Yeah. But you know what? Part of me, part of me says he's you know? part of me says he's a good enough manager that he could he could possibly bring us back to the level whereby Bayern isn't a step up. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. At, yeah. at, at the peak of Rafa Benitez, well, when managing he, when us he, and we're hitting semi-finals yeah. of Champions League, Bayern wasn't a step up at that point. Oh well, when he was at Dortmund, Bayern wasn't they, they won the league, didn't they? Yeah. So that wasn't. I know you can they say were glitches in Dor- yeah. in Bayern's. But years, still, it wasn't know? a massive step up like Bayern no. are suggesting it is mm. from Liverpool now, yeah. or Met are supposedly suggesting, which yeah. is probably a lot of balls. Yeah, and, yeah. and actually, like he built up a really great relationship with the Dortmund fans and he's built up a really uh, great relationship with the Liverpool fans now I'd be surprised to see him ever manage another team in England for yeah. instance Yeah. so therefore he might I'm not sure what he would choose he might yeah why or, wouldn't or he Italy. Yeah. I'll tell you what came across to me from the, the half an hour that I seen of it was the absolute and 100% belief he has in his own philosophy Yeah. He, it's unwavering you know what I mean? No matter what questions they put to them, it was, this is how we do it. This is how we train to do it. This is how they're taught to do it. And if they do it this way, they're going, he effectively said, we'll win. Yeah. I mean, and, and that came across. He, it's unwavering, wasn't it? How confident he is in his own ability. If, I mean, he can be egotistical and he can be really confident. Yeah. But he was just really confident. It wasn't an ego. I think it's a yeah. lack of narcissism in him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's not narcissistic uh, or he doesn't appear to be. And that for... All of its qualities is what players will buy. Into. I mean, in yeah. his mind, it's it. He'd done this at Mainz. He'd done it at Dortmund. And his point, I'm sure, in his mind, is this fucking works. Yeah. yeah. If you just do it, what I tell you to. I mean, Firmino came out with a quote there a couple of weeks ago as well. 
if you do what he tells you to do, he'll be your best friend. It's really, and then he kind of said, it's really that simple. He said, how yeah. come you can answer so well with him? Because I do what he tells me to do. Yeah. Yeah. And everything is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. but, and if you don't do what he tells you to do, you'll end up like Sacco. Yeah, but you know cool. what I mean? It was, uh, I get your point there, but it was quite home like that uh, he talked about how other teams can achieve success. So, he wasn't yeah. naive enough to think that this, this is, is the, the only, only way. way. Of course. No, like, yeah, yeah. What, his, what seems to be his philosophy, was his point on and it? which I really, really was surprised by, was how technical he wasn't. Like, he was, it was, um, it was the human factor that he was pushing. You know, mm. uh, you know the, the people putting the effort in and the teamwork yeah. and all that. That's what he's pushing. Whereas, like, do you remember when um, Rogers, like, and I, not a Rogers hater by any means, but when Rogers was trying to justify his philosophy, it was all about facts and if we keep possession, we'll win. And he was he was getting really descriptive about where he moves the players around the pitch in, in, a, in like a tactical way. Yeah. Whereas Klopp is like saying, like it's all about the effort and the energy passion and the and passion. And, yeah. And that's how we achieve success. Like it's really, it's it's really. It was like as well refreshing. as he did. He did. Ma- he did yeah. say he wasn't saying that. At the point he, he made a strong point. as I had to say it's. I'm not trying to copy what I did at mindset. I'm not trying to copy what I did at Dortmund. The general idea is the same. What I thought was really salient was that some people were saying the club has a predetermined tactic, and if you don't fit into that, you're out of Liverpool. That's he said the exact opposite. In fact, yeah. he said we tailored how we like the game to be played to the to the attributes that each individual player had at Liverpool. That's why there wasn't wholesale changes in yeah. the summer. I mean, he yeah. tailored his philosophy on the game to suit the players that he had. So he's, not only are they making him look better, he's making them look better too. He had a little pop at maybe ex-pros, you know, pundits, even know-it-alls as fans, um, in saying everybody expected us to make wholesale changes in the summer. And we said no. Because we looked at what we had there and we realised we had a base to work yeah. with. Mm-hmm. That goes back made... to the confidence he has in his own ability. He could tailor his philosophy to suit the to suit the group of players. He now he did specifically mention Mane coming and was a was a mate. Like he didn't yeah. sit, he didn't dwell on it too much, but he did recognise that him coming in and bringing that pace in did move it on a yeah, lot. It's, it's got, a, like there had to be ch- there had to be yeah. changes. You know what I mean? Of course, yeah, he did, there has yeah, to be. He, he did uh, squash a lot of myths like about. It, it, he must play the same this formation or shape. Yeah. Like he he blatantly said that I don't get too hung up. <laughs> yeah, about four three three or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. formations. Yeah. At the end of that, and I remember uh, uh, Sam put a good piece up there about um, formations within the game, like and how like just because a team plays four three three doesn't mean it's going to work. Yeah. For yeah. every team, it's how you play within it. It's where you position the players yeah. throughout the game. It's where and. Like, you know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, I, he, I he did say like, the only two play, the only two yeah. players that don't really move yeah. into two centre halves. Yeah. Everyone else can go anywhere yeah. once you're in a position. You're yeah. once there's I, someone occupying I, a position. I'm blown yeah. away. Like when somebody who watches football so much, like you know, a lot of the fans that you speak to say, no, we, we just really need to go back to that four four two diamond as a solution. <laughs> Inverted Christmas tree bullshit. That is yeah, not it's bollocks talk. A, a change of formation is not a solution. It might be. When you're playing in a game of FIFA or something like that, <laughs> and you you know you press the R one button, maybe it is then triangle square, but, triangle square. As Klopp says, if the players aren't uh, coached and uh, drilled into what where he, where he needs to be in the system or the shape, I mean you only have to look at um, the game on on Saturday. There was players everywhere at times, yeah. and that's just like yeah, it just puts to bed players having to be in each and every quadrant. I know um, Van Hal uh, splits the pitch up into that 
Yeah, thing, yeah, uh, all them sectors and all in the half spaces and stuff like that. And I know Klopp and Pep Guardiola talk about them. But can we talk about the half space for a minute? Because I, I it was spoken about today, and I, I had a little had a little dig, and then I since I had a Zen moment after lunch today. But I don't uh, like, uh, no, I don't know. No, that's kind of, I, don't, I, I was finished there. That's kind of. <laughs> so I don't mind saying this. I have absolutely no idea what a half space is. Right, haven't a clue. Right. It's, uh, yeah. it's basically the, the, the pitch is split up so you've got the wing the half space and the centre the half yeah. space and the wing oh, okay. right, it's split, it's five vertical lines mm. okay is, is how it is and, and you know people will say oh, it's not the same as channels because channels are any space between two players is a channel so right okay. you're just telling me yeah. it's just a new name yeah. Well, oh, well, then, but then well, I do not you know. know I do is. know what it you is. Know what it of is. course, you, I know what it is. Yeah, I just didn't realise we had changed the name of it. I know I didn't get the memo. We haven't because okay. what happened is it was a, a term created by German coaches apparently, um, and they have like Liebensraum, <laughs> like Liebensraum, Glaufheim, Schadenfreude. I'm. Don't go there. Don't go there. Be this But no, it was a it was a term that was used by German coaches and. Now it's just being translated poorly into English okay. called the half space. It is ultimately what, as a fo- as a kid when you were playing football, you would have been told were the channels. Yeah. Okay? Because for somebody to say to you, oh, any any gap between two players is a channel. Well, it's factually it? correct. It would never, ever be referred I to heard, as that. I heard a, a half space referred to years ago. Right. Yeah. Was Coach he German? Me. Um, no, no, he was a foreign coach, uh, Carlos Tipang. Right. Uh, that he coaches. Um, what? <laughs> That's not a real person. No, it's not. Carlos, you and Carlos Tipang. Carlos Tipang. Yeah, check that handle on Twitter. I bet you it's Andy. Carlos Tipang. Carlos Tipang. Google him if you want. I will. Google Carlos Tipang. Google him, don't remember where he is from and he was a foreign lad and uh, he used to talk about the half spaces all the time Yeah, and our understanding was it wasn't uh, quadrants or lines on the pitches it was just half spaces it was just where spaces in between spaces where you normally would okay no, that's fine yeah, yeah, yeah and there were the half spaces and he talked about half touches as well right interesting half um, touches being the um you can't go to jail for that half touch. A full what? touch again. You get six years. You get six. You get six years for a full touch. A half touch. You only get six months. I may be a slap on the wrist. Maybe a slap on the wrist. Fella from Belgium. Is the half touch your? You end up with an ankle brace. Into the past. Your half half touch. A half touch is my understanding was uh, your touch and movement at the same time. Right. So so none of this idea of like an English player taking the ball in then looking up. Yeah. You're already so, you've already decided what you're like, doing before the ball arrives to you. So two touches and one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so it's Henderson so, for sometimes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I don't I don't think uh, a half touches aren't for people to be pulling their flute out over. Yeah, or half space. Yeah, like things like low blocks. Yeah. Uh, things like um, uh, hidden assists. Like this is all this is all mad new lingo to me. We're not out of touch. We're just we're just in a in a. Um, a an age now where people have a platform to to make something that's just been invented common understanding. Yeah. Because they or even if it hasn't I just think been like, invented. Uh, when when they discover when people looked into where the low block came from, it was A V B said it. Yeah. Just because just because A V B said it doesn't make it a thing. 
Yeah. Mm. It could be just his way in it's, a foreign language of, yeah, of explaining way, what he's trying to say his from way his own native language. That he probably uses um, to explain yeah, to his he own has a, players. He has a Portuguese word for that. On a Monday morning. Yeah. In the ballroom when but he's I, I, shown. I would have thought of it, matches. and I could be wrong, I would have thought of it as an NFL. <sighs> Listen. Well, he, you hear a lot of. Uh, like, uh, um, you know, like, look, you, you really we we talk about Twitter all the time as if it's the only it's the only it's the only place where I suppose I engage with a huge amount of Liverpool That's fans. The problem, so I have my mates. It? It's your main my, platform. My mates all talk the same as the rest of us. We yeah. all we all kind of think the same about the game and stuff like that. Well, here's a prime example. Twitter's a good way of of listening expanding to your mind. Feel. and uh, it's um, a lot of Liverpool fans. I couldn't, you know, still still uh, crazy to see how many Liverpool fans there are in America. Yeah, you see them making reference to to soccer the same as American football yeah, because America, over there their coaches are, are saying words brought that are, up. Yeah, yeah, and in the same way, when we were brought up, a lot of the time when we were training, there was, GA, there was GAA teams yeah, brought yeah, into yeah, yeah. it. You because know, your coach would have played. Well, American football, a lot of American sports are a series of set pieces as opposed to something that flows. So a lot of the, a lot of the words don't translate from one to the other, and I think mm. that's where a lot gets lost in translation from trying to apply terminology from one sport to the other, yeah. particularly from American based sports because they're all set piece based. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. right. There's a there's a it's a heavy stop start yeah. uh, element to, yeah. to the sport. And there. you can you can have things like that in um, in football. Like like I remember uh, the. Pep's first game for City, they they were going on about um, this diagonal ball, yeah, and it was a it was a trained movement from the back, yeah, not like a like a, like a set piece, but it was from the back, it was from the goalkeeper out, yeah. Everyone moved in there. They the knew space. exactly where they were going. It for was that. a play, yes, you yeah. know. So they do exist, yeah, but boy, God, like, but they're rare, yeah. And games are games, yeah. They're, you know what my problem is? My problem is that when something like that is spotted, okay, you've you've twenty people that decide they are going to discuss it immediately, mm. and if you either disagree or haven't understood it, you're a philistine. Yeah, you're a footballing yeah, philistine. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, what yeah, it is. Yeah. You don't understand, and therefore your opinion is no longer mm. relevant in this conversation yeah. because I've just decided something is something twenty minutes ago, and you're not up to because you didn't yeah. agree with me. You're an idiot, or you're a philistine, yeah. and you just don't. And know. we've seen, and we've seen so many coaches in, in football in the last ten years win di- in different ways. Yeah, you know, some uh, some teams like you know uh, Barcelona with the take attack of football, and people tried to copy their own versions. All along, the rug was pulled under them by other teams who were playing a way more direct. Like a Mourinho style of football, style of football could, yeah. could be the Barcelona. I'm yeah. just using that as an example. I'm always saying as well, like, and there's, there's people, there's even people in our little group that criticise me all the time for it. The game hasn't changed that much. I mean, it's fitter now, but fundamentally, the game hasn't changed that much in the last 20, 30 years. It's, it's cyclical. It's it is cyclical, cyclical of course. I mean, the, 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 the complete football. Barcelona were playing. I mean, Ajax were playing that in the seventies. Well, so this is nothing new. Even the, this high intensity pressing is not new. AC Milan were doing that in the early nineties. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. nothing new. It's just they, just they take different, different elements yeah. of all different styles of sports and put them together. That creates something a little bit new. But it's in, yeah. in fact the all the elements of it are nothing well, new. I mean, you have eleven versus eleven. I know this is a real Johnny Giles probably yeah. statement. We do like Johnny Giles. I love Johnny yeah. Giles, and his opinions on the game are brilliant. And anyone who kind of questions him, Phil's crashing his car at the yeah. minute listening to this. 
There's a load of babies and bottles everywhere <laughs> But uh, yeah, it hasn't changed that fucking much. And, and to try and overanalyze it and then to make yourself, make yourself seem or sound and form to give something a new t- a new title or to latch onto a new phrase you hear some mm. some titbang guy saying or something. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that just that makes you seem a little bit more credible in front of your peers is pathetic. Yeah. In my and what, seems, what seems to be uh, common amongst football nowadays is the fitter, more physical teams and the quicker teams physical attributes are constantly winning out in football just like they did in the 70s and 80s mm. like Liverpool yeah. weren't just the best team of players they were the fittest team yeah. they were the most physical team they were quick they did so many um, attributes that make a sport like football well you were talking about total football there you were talking about the Ajax yeah. team and the Dutch team and I think it's Phil Thompson I'm nearly certain it is Phil Thompson in Simon Hughes's book actually believes that Liverpool were the creators of total football he said the Dutch model that was being used in that World Cup, I think it was a World Cup rather than the European Championships when it was classified as total football. The Liverpool team the season before that had been playing in a near identical way mm. and he felt that maybe, just maybe, that it was copied from them and and, and, and perfected or... or yeah. um, let's say, merged into the into the Dutch model. It's right you said that about the, the, the Liverpool were the fittest team back then because it wasn't a mantra back then that... If the ball goes out, players get yourself a breather. But Liverpool thing with the ball goes out, play that's when we switch on. Is it wasn't that the yes. Liverpool thing? So mm-hmm. they had to be that little bit fitter than everybody else. When yeah. everybody else taking a breather, the ball's going out for short, we're switched on, and this is where we come again. They were concentrating so on being was, bollocks whilst we were still mentally sharp. Uh, yeah, and fit enough to remain mentally sharp. You're not fatigued. You know what I mean? So yeah. the fitness is such a massive, massive part of it, and that's why I was kind of asking Dion earlier: Is it sustainable for the whole season? I think this season it will be. It's it's whether we then go into the next season and yeah. with with European football, which you would. Uh, and again, it have. all comes down to physical. Again, like in the in the seventies. No, I'm sorry. Moving on, the eighties, nineties, when they start removing things from people's diets. Yeah, like you know, alcohol and fatty foods and stuff like that. And in Europe, like they were, you know, they were eating pasta. Like you know, players only start eating all these carbs and stuff like that to to give them the edge, putting and start putting things yeah. into their body. Yeah, and now yeah. players are putting. Um, not like not every player is doping like Sacco. <laughs> supplements, <laughs> supplements, like but like players going back. To, I think uh, Richard Sadler was a very good example. Yeah, he was told, and this is at a shit club like Millwall. There's your bottle of tablets. Yeah, and they get them down you. Yeah, what's in it? Doesn't matter. Doesn't concern you. Yeah, just get them into you. Yeah, get them into you. Yeah, and can you only imagine at the at the top level like you know, um, your Barca's and uh, Atletico. How they're Where they're blood doping. <laughs> yeah, like they're so it's all to give a physical a physical edge. Yeah. So you can have all the best football and philosophies and all the best tactical ideas and you can have managers stand there and, and give their um their their secrets away. Yeah. But if they're not fair. Teams won't be able to cope with Klopp's intensity yeah. and it's yeah. physical. Yeah. And and like what I took most out of Klopp's hour was how simplified, and uh, took away an awful lot of the myths for me about how um, scientific he is about his tactics and yeah. stuff like that. It's all about. It was funny he said it doesn't matter whatever he was just but now he had the board up and he's pointing to a certain part of the pitch and he's and he was saying I don't care who it is there. Yeah, or who is over, or who's over the fire? Yeah. It's irrelevant to me. Yeah. Yeah. Once they're doing the job, they're supposed There's to be doing. There's a job to be done yeah. in there. that spot. You do right it there, there. yeah. He and does, then the guy beside yeah. you knows what he's to do. But who he is, the personnel is irrelevant. Yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't. Yeah, he's just splitting the space, and he doesn't mm. want. He doesn't want that ball coming out of the back easy. And he want, so he just wants to be full of confidence, yeah. though, wouldn't he? 
He's amazing. Yeah, he big is. fucking lad. How tall is Carragher? Uh, Klopp is 6'4", I think. Big, you know. Yeah. Carragher's only 6'6", six, six, I think. Yeah, no. I don't, think, he, I don't think he Carragher's even 6' tall. I thought he's he was. only 5'11". 5'9". No, he's... He's only a big lad for 5'7". Yeah, he's a... That's in his socks. Where's yeah. Big Shoes? He's a deceptive leap. Yeah. <laughs> just, has, one, just one he, big shoe. Yeah, you know, he has the, you know those club foot things yeah. in the bottom of his boots. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, so, that's what struck me most of it, how natural and uh, he, gave, he gave away nothing. You know, like, as as Ronnie Whelan was kind of saying, I, ju- I just think Ronnie Whelan's very old school. Um, what's, what have Liverpool the benefit from Klopp going on TV? Well, what had... Um, Liverpool to Bennett from Kenny Dalglish doing a newspaper interview yeah. in the 90s or the 80s. Yeah, I, I, we yeah. us as fans benefit. Yeah. He's privileged enough to be in a position where he's part of the club and part of the whole scene. We're not. And to get an opportunity for us to hear him talk about that at the time was great. And sure, he, it was unadulterated as well because he wasn't answering journalist questions and he didn't have his Liverpool cap on. No. So, you know, he wasn't just club speak. Yeah. He was talking from his heart. I this was Jurgen Klopp, yeah. not Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool man. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, am, like, I am trying to... Um, figure out why exactly you know what made him say yes to go on to Sky I doubt it was the money like I doubt it was just definitely wasn't the money hardly stuck for a few bob on a Monday evening I don't know I'd love to hear I'd love to hear Klopp's answer to sorry Ronnie Whelan did say that there might be something in the contracts now with the Sky deals and stuff like that which which requires the top managers I don't know whether we'll see Pep I don't know whether we'll see or whether it is just you know Klopp is box office no this came out of nowhere yeah this. I think like if if Sky knew they were going to be getting the likes of Klopp and Pep onto, onto they'd be the talking about it all. There'd be a bill board out. There'd be a bill board out down the end of the front yeah. garden. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I mean, it might be something to do with Carragher. Car- was Neville there tonight? Carragher and no, no, it was just the host and Neville and and, yeah. and Klopp. So maybe it was a last minute thing. Neville wasn't able to make it. They thought, who can we get in? We get the but best manager in the league. Yeah, yeah. What have what have? I'd like to. I'd like to. Here and again, Ronnie uh, Wayne's opinion, isn't he? What's he is. six Absol- league titles, is he? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, he can uh, say the fuck he wants. I think he's done Say whatever the fuck you want, Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> Friend of the show. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I wouldn't mind hearing uh, Klopp's answer to that. Why yeah. did he come and what was in it for, for him? What was the benefit? Yeah, but then... It could be something as simple as he, he like he talks that he does he does like to talk about football he does like yeah. to look at football he is interesting and Sky is where it's at. Then again, who else is going to be? Not many people are going to be watching that match tonight, and they got a hell of a lot more viewers tonight just because he was on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a big. Maybe they did that. make him an offer he can't refuse. Maybe like, they I know, know Carragher's on a hundred plus grand a week to talk shit. He is in his box. Yes. Fuck off. Here, hundred like players. Sky. Yeah. What do we get for this table? Yeah, it's, um, the check is in the post now. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, come back to you on that. I'm just going to have to take to it out of the tilde yeah, downstairs. I need to talk to the CFO about that. It turns out I am the CFO. <laughs> um, right, a bit of Tripper Chats? Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. Hello, this is Ronnie Wheeler now, and you're listening to Tripper Chats. Well, somebody better get down there and explain offside to us. The game's gone mad. Uh, his knowledge of football unsurpassed. It was very, very disappointing. It was bitterly disappointing, but we're very disappointed. No, I, cu- I couldn't listen to any more. You smash it? You definitely smashed it. <laughs> well, anyway, trip or chat. Send us your questions now. Okay, first up is Wayne Fox Jones, and he says, if you could transplant your head onto one other person's body, who would it be? Andy's. <laughs> <laughs> Because Andy's everybody, you know what I mean? <laughs> He's omnipresent. Andy, Andy needs you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Hippo, the Hippoclopamus uh, asks, whose half space would you prefer to run into, Linda Pazuti or Eva Canero? That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, Linda for me. Both of them have a good legal team. You'd have to be very careful. Yeah. No, yeah. That's, yeah, Linda by a long shot, but um, I don't see why we just have them two as a choice. Well, thank you. Because that's what he gave us. <laughs> <laughs> You're not happy with that, no? no. Well, what, who do you want as a third choice, Andy? And go Rachel with it? Riley. Rachel Riley. Is that your woman that does the football? Countdown. And get... she does the Friday Night Football, yeah. Can't get enough of that. She's controversial fantastic, fantastic isn't she? Yeah, yeah she's what? A... She is fantastic. No, not on her. She's a fantastic looking lady, but I don't really want to get into her now because it's not right. It's mad the way... Um, like on, uh, I remember on Countdown originally, like she was all into tight dresses and stuff like that. And then yeah. she went very casual, uh, not casual, but like uh, office casual. Yeah. And then uh, on eight or ten cats, she went all like night out, yeah. a bit trampy short skirts. <laughs> little bit trampy. <laughs> little bit trampy. Little bit trampy. Uh, no, sorry, potential yeah. stalker and yeah, young. No, no, uh, uh, Rachel, sorry, watch your yeah. back if no. you're listening. She'd let you poke her out the bar, so like trampy like that. No, she like, didn't go trampy. She just went there. She just went there. Went fairly. Uh... <laughs> she didn't go trampy, but I thought. Uh, I thought going on Sky with all the lads watching might have been the opportunity to go that bit. <laughs> <laughs> like just show up in lingerie. <laughs> <laughs> no, the nurses, no, the plastic nurses outfit for Andy. I couldn't make them feel bad. Andy wants her in the full club or stocking no, suspenders. I couldn't, I couldn't Good make... evening. Welcome to Friday Night Football. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think what Sky's real angle was. What a chauvinistic pig When you she's are, come on in a pair of jeans and a top. <laughs> just let you down. <laughs> just get out. Andy's there with his lad in his hand thinking what a waste of a Friday I just that should have been Sky Sports <laughs> should have been peak Rachel <laughs> you only have to look at a torn out of them on uh, Sky Sports news yeah true ok um, Pierce Sloan says six games in have you changed your opinion on anything since start of the season such as where we will finish a player etc um, yeah definitely like I mean, I even remember only going back as far as uh, the Leicester game, which was, what, three games into the season? Yeah. Uh, and seeing uh, it was a Lucas at the back and Milner still left for, left back. And, you know, like, you, there was lots of elements of, oh, shit, like, are we are we any different than last season here? Like, it's same, is it going to be the same old, same old? So, yeah, like, a massive, massive confidence in even Lucas coming into the team or no matter who comes into the team. So that's that's the main thing is yeah. is like um for the first time in a long time uh, there's no real weak link in that eleven that he picks on a Saturday. Yeah. And even if he brings in a player or two, it's not weakening the team. So yeah, that's that's been established fairly early on. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, at a left back says, would you rather have a cloud that follows you and rain pisses on you or step on shit with every step you take? So you walk and everywhere this cloud follows you and it's just constantly raining on you or... Rain and piss? Uh, no, just raining. That's all right, man. Or I think you should read every that again. Every step you take. That's not too bad. It rains all the time here anyway. Or Who every step you take is there stepping shit. I think it's rain and piss. Is that the question? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I apologize, yeah. Neil. It is. It's, it rains piss or you step so in So basically, shit. what he's asking is, what do you prefer? Piss or shit? Do you like Poo or wee wee? Scott or golden shower man? Golden shower man. 
That clever fucker <laughs> thought we were stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we know what you're asking. Um, <laughs> okay, at save underscore us underscore Kloppo uh, asks, will Sturridge still be at the club in 12 months? Yes, of course he will. Yeah? Yep. Yeah, and uh, I think um, the turning point for uh, that for me has been his performance against Leicester, like just being another man in the, on the pitch. like and, Against and Chelsea, particularly Andy. Chelsea as well, yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just... I know it was Leicester. No, Leicester, Leicester, Leicester. The first home game. Yeah, just uh, the back here. No, yeah, no, like, I agree with you as well. Yeah, yeah, no, I do. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Looks yeah. like um, looks like he's he's uh, he's actually attempting to be not the, the main man, the just player. be a cog. Yeah. in the team. And, and he did even when he came on on Saturday. Yeah. There was no there was no petulant head no, on him. No. He came on. He got around the pitch. Yeah. I was it was unfortunate that Lallana and Coutinho had gone off by the yeah. time he came on. I think they had, didn't they? Um, or very soon after. So he didn't mm. get the same sort of service that he might have had he had yeah. three of those four behind him. You know? And lo- looking at his body language. You know, it's, I, don't it's know what, I don't know what Danny Ings is going to do. We c- need to stop worrying about stuff like that because Danny Ings will end up in the team. I worry about Danny Ings. I worry for him. Yeah, but like he will. No, 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 I don't know. I just, I know he scored a couple last yeah. night, didn't he? I don't know how he's, I don't know. Because he's going to, he's, he's going to, the order there. he's going he to probably him? play in a cup game or something like that or else someone's going to get injured. He's on the bench, he comes on. He will He'll do you. well, he'll and do then, well, you'll get a chance. Look and at Emery Chan. Like I wonder how yeah. Emery Chan's going to get into mm. Emery Chan's going to get into the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone's going to get into the and team. And if you're going, if they're playing that well, you're going to, you're going to do well when you do get in, I suppose. But what was I going to say there? Um you're saying about storage being oh, a yeah. cog in so the team. when we were talking to uh, James Pierce the other week about like I, I was just asking him can that compromise be found and I think we're seeing evidence that it can it can be yeah. because like Liverpool are performing uh, storage can't doubt that yeah he can't doubt what's happening around him he can't <laughs> be not impressed by that yeah now if if storage is um, main objective to be the main man somewhere else but well, then he'll do that. He'll, he'll do go that. and do that. But, we'll, but we'll, I actually think I actually think he'll want to wait around and see how um, how, how many out. trophies because aren't they all the noises that are coming out, particularly our Milner and Lalan, and that yeah. just they feel like there's something happening. Yeah, and, and I, I, and it, I actually I mean? think I actually think um, if it, if it continues the way it's going, uh, Liverpool will be the envy of Europe, and t- players will want to come there and be involved in that. I know what you're saying. Players that have the stomach for it, like like yeah. like a Suarez return. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not even a Suarez return, but players of the ilk of, of maybe that that step down from the very top echelon. Yeah, you know what I mean. The players that we and haven't have, been able to attract have the, to have date. the stomach to go out and train hard and and be happy. This fair. this was my thing at the start of the summer. I said. I felt that we would spend very little from a net spend point of view. Oh, net spend, um, they all shut no, that up. Your no, what place. I mean, is, sorry, okay. What I mean is, I didn't think we were going to go out and blow an absolute huge amount of money um, because I thought Klopp felt there was enough there <laughs> to get us Champions League football. And then mm. by this time next year, he'd be in a position to actually attract the top level players that he yeah. wants to attract. And I don't think it'll be a massive yeah, overhaul. Like, uh, he'll bring in probably three or four. And yeah, and I know we say like he, he, he does. he's not the one to spend... 90 million on a player like I think he'd bring in the likes of Gotzi but not for not for 100 million <laughs> he, if memory serves me right he didn't say I won't spend 90 million on a player I think what he said was I'm not just going to spend 90 million on a player and there's a subtle difference there he's not saying that if I yeah. can get Luis Suarez back for 80 million I won't spend that what he's saying is I'm not just going to go out and spend 80 million to get a decent player just because that's what somebody thinks he's worth that's, that's, that's where we're at let's call it a day
Okay, it's come to that time, as always, for the outro. Uh, big thanks to Astro Park Tala for the use of the facilities and the bunker, which is about to undergo renovations very, very soon. So we'll be tweeting out some pictures and doing some Periscope uh, sessions from that. Um, as always, a big thanks to the two lads, Andy and Neil, who came in and gave us their pearls of wisdom. Um, a big shout out to Dion Fanning, Chief Sports Writer for SportsJoe.ie. Massive thanks to him for coming on and having a chat with us. And as always, it's me, Steve-O. Thanks a million. We'll see you next week. Good luck. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya. Yeah. Quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto. ¿Viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Sports Social Podcast Network.